it is not so much a problem of who lives in the White House for four or eight years. The real problem is those who spend 30-plus years dwelling in the Capitol building in Congress. Hello and welcome to Conversations with My Conservative Dead Father, a podcast of the exact email exchanges my father and I had the year before he died. I'm your host, Jonathan Grossman. And I'm your co-host, Michael Grossman. Yes, an AI-generated clone of my actual voice. On today's podcast, we discuss the lawsuits about voter fraud. Which you get so wrong. Pops, seriously, you think Giuliani is an upstanding lawyer? Isn't that an oxymoron? Have to agree on that one. We then discuss congressional entitlements. Which you get right. And new bumper stickers. Which are half wrong and half right. And why do you get to decide? Well, because I'm the one producing this podcast. I mean, plus, you got to be right without contest for 18 years of my life. My turn now. So let's stir the pot. Okay, Pops, where do you stand on these lawsuits? Anything showing up that seems worthy of a lawsuit? Or is this Trump doing one of his standard plays? I'm watching Fox and not hearing anything that truly seems legit yet. The press conference with Eric Trump and Rudy was not convincing to me. So far, there seems to be a lot of speculation, some justified and some pure guesswork. Neither of those two will withstand a motion to dismiss unless there is at least some evidence alleged that will create a credible issue. That's my legal analysis. My gut says there has been some irregularities that warrant further investigation. For example, where the law calls for observers having the right to observe the count to ensure only legit ballots are counted. Why, in Detroit and Philadelphia, were Trump's observers not allowed to observe at a distance close enough to observe the actual ballots? Unless they have access to read the ballots being reviewed, there is no transparency as to the legitimacy of the signature, the person, or the votes, at the very least that needs to be explained. Short of a satisfactory explanation, frankly I cannot imagine one. There has been no observation. We know that there has been election fraud committed in the past in several large urban areas. Chicago, for instance, is so notorious at one time They didn't even try to conceal it. Philadelphia follows suit. I would tend to discount Trump's statements at this point because it is suspect, based largely upon ego and laced with his tendency to exaggerate. I would, however, pay careful attention to what Rudy Giuliani has to say. He is an excellent attorney and a formidable former prosecutor. He is not going to lend his name to spurious motions and pleadings. If his name is attached to it, you can be certain of a sound legal foundation. Will it be a winner? I'm long past trying to predict what judges will do. Needless to say, I am heartsick over this outcome. It does look like when all the dust settles, we will have a President Biden shortly followed by a President Harris. This is the end of America as we know it, unless the Senate can block everything Biden tries to do like Pelosi and Schumer have done for the past eight years, we will be living in a socialist country under a system in which government rules and liberty is obsolete. Dirty tricks and outright criminality have been rewarded. There is nothing left now that will convince me the Democrat Party will stop at nothing. 
including serious crimes, in order to gain and hold on to power. The Republican Party played it too nice for too long and got owned this time around. I find no redemption in the upcoming administration and am going to give up talking about it. It hurts too much to see America destroyed like this. And make no mistake about it. This is a wholesale assault on our Constitution, our traditions, and our culture. My main issue is that he's accusing several states of massive fraud. It's not just Florida like in 2000. It's four to five states. To me, this is on par with conspiracy theories, which I know what your opinion on this is. Government is horrible at keeping secrets. So based on that, which I for the most part agree, if there's some sort of fraud and cheating, it will certainly be revealed. Certainly, Philly and Chicago have a history of corruption, but this widespread denouncement of fraud seems like such a stretch to me. The fact that it is four to five states does not persuade me one way or the other. If there is an underlying reason, then bring the suit regardless of what state or how many states. This is an extraordinary election, a first of its kind, and vastly different than Florida's hanging Chad problem. This is the first time for trying mail-in balloting, not absentee. Mail-in. Absentee ballot requires a request from the absentee, and in that request, the absentee provides signature and address, which is then checked against the information that is registered. If it does not match up, the ballot is not sent. Mail-in is initiated by the state and sent to every address and sent to every person requesting one. No identification? No verification, no nothing. Huge difference. Mail-in is far more subject to abuse and fraudulent voting, and in my opinion, should be very carefully scrutinized. Very little substantial evidence that mail-in ballots elicit voter fraud. Even Jeb Bush instituted mail-in ballots with great success after 2000. While the actual mailing of the ballot is blanketed, the verification of the ballot, once it is returned, is verified either by barcode or signature. It's not the Wild West, as you imply. In fact, the Washington Post did an analysis of data from three states and found a minuscule rate of potentially fraudulent ballots. You might be drinking Trump's Kool-Aid on this one, Pops. I did a bit more research about voter fraud in general. The Brennan Center at NYU School of Law did a comprehensive report on the topic, and it's pretty convincing. I won't go so far as to say fraud never happens or won't happen in the future, but the numbers are so negligible as to not move the needle either way. Here are a few tidbits. Most voter fraud can be traced to clerical errors or bad data matching practices. From the research, you're more likely to be hit by lightning (laughs) than see actual voter fraud. A study published in 2017 by Columbia University tracked incident rates for two years and concluded that the rare forms they found could be traced to, quote, false claims by the loser of a close race, mischief, and administrative or voter error. End quote. A comprehensive 2014 study published in the Washington Post found 31 credible instances of impersonation fraud from 2000 to 2014 out of more than 1 billion ballots cast. Hmm. Either way, my feeling is count, recount, count again won't matter. Trump is gone. Sorry. Whereas Trump's rhetoric creates constant division in the country, Biden will do his best to unite us, even his opponents in the country. McConnell will keep him in check to represent your conservative values. Hopefully Trump will show some decency and concede soon. I'll give him until December 13th. What's good for the gore is good for the Trump. Anything beyond that 
is not good for our country. I have little faith that Biden will bring us together in any way whatsoever. I don't think he is capable of that. What has he done in 47 years in Congress that would indicate he could or would do that? Even during the campaign, he fudged on some key issues and went back and forth or refused to take a stand, all of which, in my opinion, is insignificant since I do not believe he will be president for very long, if at all. This is all about Kamala Harris, and in my opinion, she is a living nightmare, a totally unscrupulous, unprincipled politician who is only out for herself, like most politicians of any stripe. We are in deep, deep shit now, and I doubt I will live to see us recover from it. Let's get back to something. What are your thoughts on the vast amount of evidence that voter fraud hardly ever happens, and when it does, its impact is negligible? By the way, I did some further digging and found the Heritage Foundation database, granted they're a right-leaning think tank. They showed over a 1,000 convicted instances of voter fraud over a 40-year period. It looks like about 18 convictions of voter fraud in 2020, both Republican and Democrat. Again, this feels like such a small number, even though they state this is just a sampling of their data. But it seems like if they had more data, they'd publish it to support the contention rather than just softball it like they are. The obvious argument is that if there's smoke, there's fire, right? But really, do you think 18 could represent thousands and thousands? It just feels like a stretch to me. I would keep an open mind. Sometimes fraud bursts forth almost immediately. Other times this comes out long after the fact and often too late to apply a remedy. The latter is the concern in the case of election fraud. One really wants to get it right the first time, before the swearing in. Voters need to know they can rely on the integrity of the election process. Because the last four years have been so combative between the red and the blues, we are almost programmed to be suspicious of almost anything either party does. A mere allegation of wrongdoing, in other words, they cheated, will not survive a motion to dismiss. On the other hand, the evidence needed to get the suit going is much less than the quantity or weight of evidence needed to win damages or equitable relief. I believe the behavior of the Philadelphia election officials in keeping the Republican observers at a distance that prevented them from being able to see or read anything on a ballot is highly suspicious. That was compounded when they allowed the observers to move closer to the activity, when the barrier was moved from 100 feet away to 6 feet away. But they then moved the machines further away from the barrier. Surely this is suspicious activity. In an open and candid process, the officials would welcome and facilitate the observers because if they know their process is clean, the observers will most likely reach a positive evaluation of the process. The behavior of the Philly officials really raises enough questions to warrant further investigation. In this case, by the discovery process and court orders to produce items and give oral testing, in my opinion. Perhaps any single alleged flaw or trespass could be overlooked. But here we are looking at a pattern. Vote dumps and newly found ballots that were almost 100% Biden, quickly calling states for Biden, while holding off calling states for Trump. Sometimes the Trump state would have a larger Trump margin and a higher percentage of the ballots counted, yet it was not called for Trump. One of the Philadelphia officials appeared last week on CNN and delivered a scathing screed against Trump. 
What does that do to the, quote, impartiality with which the officials are supposed to do their work? By no means am I claiming there is enough evidence brought forth at this time to say all of these situations are in fact as heinous as they appear. But I am saying there is enough question, and the stakes are so high, these situations need to be looked into, and that will come by lawsuits. Both sides had hired hundreds of lawyers long before the election. I doubt they were hired to attend an afternoon tea with the March Hare. I saw a really good poster the other day. It had a picture of the White House in the first panel and a picture of the Capitol building in the second panel. The inscriptions were, It is not so much a problem of who lives in the White House for four or eight years. The real problem is those who spend 30-plus years dwelling in the Capitol building in Congress. I do agree with that. My new bumper sticker is being made up. Defund Congress, not cops. Or defend cops, defund Congress. Which do you think works best? Sorry, Pops. I feel like there's corruption in both of these because anywhere the money flows, the corruption goes. Maybe that would be my bumper sticker. Or I'll put on my uber liberal hat and just say, live and let live, baby. Conversations with my conservative dead father is hosted by Jonathan Grossman and me, Michael Grossman. The show is produced and recorded by Night Shift Audio. AI-generated voice and voice cloning by the Play HT engine. Main title music by Dogwood Moon. Please encourage everyone to have conversations with people of varying points of view. Listen, learn, and most importantly, keep an open heart and an open mind. Thanks for listening. <laughs>